I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And, and this, this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's oh, a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them, give them that yeah. link one more time. So sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. Oh, hello there. Oh, is that you? (laughs) It's me, Valentina. Oh, my God. How are you? I'm doing very well. I haven't seen each other in so long. I know. It's Since been like this morning. a couple uh, of hours. Um, I'm doing fine. I'm a bit tired. Yes. Um, I say that every week, but today I'm actually, I actually mean it because I had a 10 hour work day today. Oh. <laughs> because we had um, uh, the first, well, our first annual state mandated uh, sexual harassment in the workplace training. Oh. So, which I thought was very interesting. Hmm. Um, And although, which I can now let out of the bag because it's all out there now. Yes. um, Although I gave notice at my current job uh, last week um, and in a month we'll be uh, working at a really amazing, uh, exciting institution, which I will... Which we'll talk about talk in a about second. Once yeah. it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm going to talk about it like once I'm actually there. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. But I'm just very excited because it is yes. very close to my heart and yes. very queer and art based. Um, so even though I was told I didn't actually have to attend this training because I'm essentially, you know, counting down to the end of me being here. Right. I decided that since I have actually never attended any type of sexual harassment training, um, that I should do it anyway, because I was interested in it. Um, and so that's what we were doing today at 8, 3 in the morning. Um, were, there, and early. were there any aspects of it that surprised you? No, but, well... Yes, there were some. Oh, you took notes. Oh, I took notes. Work. Oh, oh yes, girl. Work, Which I love it. I'm not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say that you took notes? No, girl. 
Oh, so, okay. So this was one of the things that, not necessarily girl, but any, um, so one of, so, okay, so hold on, let me start from the beginning and I will make this brief. So what we were being trained today is in the newly passed um, New York State harassment, New York sexual harassment policy, New York State sexual harassment policy, okay, which was enacted or you know, put into effect not too long ago as a direct response to the Me Too movement. Oh, wow. So even though the Me Too movement has been around for over 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, did start gaining traction in 2017. And at least, you know, I can only speak for what's been going on in our state. The legislation has been kind of, you know, being passed around to put in stricter uh, sexual harassment and harassment in general guidelines in Mm. our state. And so starting this year, every workplace that has at least, well, more than one employee has to participate in this state mandated training before October 1st. Oh, wow. And so if you can't make it to your workplace's training, you have to do an online webinar, basically. Okay. So anyway, I thought it was it was fascinating to me because, like I said, that has never been a thing, you know, that 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 I've had to participate in. Right. So you can find these, if you're in New York state, obviously this applies to you. I'm sure other states have something similar, but you can find all this online and it's really good to download the PDF and keep a copy of it with you because you never know when you're going to need to refer to this to both Hmm. either protect yourself or educate yourself. Okay. And remind yourself of this training. Um, Was there something that you didn't realize is there, was there something that stuck out that you learned from this? Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was very interesting is specifically when it comes to pills, right? Or like if you have, yeah, mm-hmm. if you have any type of medication on you, you should not like, again, if all of this is based, like it hinges on whether or not it makes the person that you are interacting with uncomfortable, feel harassed, put in danger, you know, so on and so forth. So it really is, it's kind of this, um, you have to self-report if you feel this way. Okay. Makes sense. So like, where do the pills come in? So at my job, I'm the one who has like, the little container that has all of the different colored pills. Like it's become a, a running joke. So like if somebody has a headache, I'll say I have an ibuprofen or I have tension headache, or I jokingly say like, if you're stressed, I have a tranquilizer, like totally kidding. I would not share any of my prescription medication with anybody. Right. But you know, the other day my boss fell and needed an ibuprofen. So I came over and she, you know, opened up cause I figured, you know, she could take it with her own hands. And yeah. and she goes, what are all these for? You know, joking. And she goes, ah, now I know where to go. You know, <laughs> so apparently that if I like, she, like, let's say I was offering her an ibuprofen, but there was all this other stuff there and she felt uncomfortable. She could have reported me. OK, so, the, so the, for her make, own safety, because you could have easily given her one of the other. Yeah, pills. I could have swapped right. one. Okay. You know, Got you're it. not supposed to uh, suggest any type of combination of medications that you may have to your coworkers. Oh. Again, not something that I do, but I, you know, I have ibuprofen. So if somebody has a headache or a pain. I'm like, you know, I, I have ibuprofen in case you want one or mm-hmm. whatever. So that was something that I found very surprising. And we actually kind of all like just cackled because everybody looked at me when they mentioned that right um the other thing that i thought was very interesting was kind of um generic displays of affection or friendliness such as like 
you know, on occasion, my supervisor will be talking to me, but like, say, like, oh, honey, or how are you today, sweetie, or dear, or whatever. And we're all kind of, you know, very much kind of in that uh, vein. Okay. Of, of, in that way of speaking. Right. So, you know, and they had several examples. Um, and so one of the things that the, um, the attorney, because it was an attorney who was doing the training, was saying, you know, you have to think about that. So, like, in a much larger institution, for example, if somebody, you know, she said in the training she was doing, there was one woman who said, well, you know, I call people sunshine. Like, I call everybody sunshine. Is that bad? Right? And she goes, but do you do you say that to everybody? Like, every single person? And she said, well, no, not really. And she goes, well, that technically is against the guidelines because you're singling out people and leaving other people out and so it can it 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 basically shows preference okay so i thought that was interesting so that's also a part of this harassment thing it's not just harassment as we typically think about it it refers to preferential treatment um creating clicks you know where mm. where people are left out okay um including but not limited to things that happen at work workplace parties or uh interactions with coworkers both on site off site and in virtual spaces as well hmm. you know so like if um if your coworker you know i don't know let's say that my coworker you know for example treats me differently than she treats you know, one of our other coworkers. Yeah, that's harassment. Which like if she, she if she, she does that. If she, for example, <laughs> constantly refers like um is antagonistic or rude right. in a way that toward you in a way that she's not with others and there is no um basis for there's it. no basis for it and you have not shown any bias any bias towards or against her you could in theory go to your boss after having since you know after having this training this would be in place and say i think that this person is being unnecessarily antagonistic and harassing me through the way that they are speaking to me hmm fascinating so there were just things like that um and everyone has to do this by october october 1st technically hmm. um i might just talk to my boss about that so yeah i i thought it was very interesting um for i mean i'll just i'll just read one and then we can move on but okay. it was it was really interesting because this is the one that i thought was very interesting because they also talked about um kind of male male and female female interactions and how sometimes you know like guys talk to each other one way women talk to each other another and feel like it's just contained to them but mm. but you even have to watch that because a woman to woman interaction or a man to man to interaction can um spread through the office and create a false sense of security where men can interact with women in the office in a in a way that's too familiar here, I'll read the example because okay. this is what makes I, sense. I, right? I think I'm following you now. Yeah. So this this is the one that I was just like, wow, things escalate really quickly. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> and 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 the whole point of this was to say whether you thought that these if these things were harmless, annoying, offensive, or harassing. Okay. Okay. So Jane, a female fashion executive, went to the sample rack and put on the company's new style jeans and walked around the office in the jeans. Speaking in Jane's presence, a female employee commented, cool color. So cool color. Is that, do you think that that's harmless, annoying, offensive? It seems pretty harmless. Okay. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, 
a very generic. Yeah, one, you're just right? commenting on the color. Okay. A male employee a male employee commented that the jeans fit real nice. Mm. Or the jeans fit is real nice. Okay. So we don't know if this man is the designer, somebody who is working in pattern making, mm-hmm. or just some random person. But that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a like one of the according to the train, and this was kind of a maybe an annoying one because it's you know again we don't know all of the the setup for this right right i also think that it's uh it's probably not in your best interest to be trying on clothes at work that's true but again we don't since this is a fashion company and there was a sample rack she may have been trying them on to you know try them on because they're a new product right but the whole point is that that there are the whole part of, of of this thing of this paragraph is to say that even in in a situation where like you said maybe you shouldn't be trying on you know whatever it- i just feel like if you're trying on jeans at work yeah you work in a fashion company that's mm-hmm. great but you're trying on jeans at work you're inviting uh See, comments but, but that but but that's just it yes you're inviting comments because it's all about the look but it's also the type of comments need to be tempered and appropriate do you know what i mean yeah, I guess. Because you have to think about these things. I just, I feel like with that example, that's a, tr- a tricky example because mm-hmm. like that, that person shouldn't well, be trying on those jeans at work. But, but it I gets, feel. but it gets, it escalates. So okay. that, that's what was so interesting about this example. So then another male employee said, Jane, oh, another male employee said that Jane should be in our company's new jean ads. So that was kind of on the border. Cause again, you know, they're, they're directly commenting on her appearance and how her physical attributes look in these jeans right okay then it goes to and finally a female employee said jane you sure have a sexy butt in those jeans so that is a woman speaking to another woman right but that is a no-no because you're using sexy you're using butt and you're objectifying and so then somebody else can listen to that man or woman and decide to agree and take it a step further and here's the next thing to which one of the male employees said as he walked away yeah i'd like to spend some time with jane and her assets right and so that is definitely a harassment and so so it's kind of you go from kind of objective things to so 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 that was one of the things that i thought was very interesting is that i never thought about you know the fact that like every you know you really have to think about your interactions with everybody because there are those people who will take your interactions as a free pass to... Right, as an invitation e- to make yeah. more Yeah, so comments. that's the whole right. point of that. So anyway, I right. thought that that was very interesting. And I think that that's, you know, the, the these kind of um, uh, classifications of harmless, annoying, offensive, or harassing mm-hmm. are a good, like, four-word, four-feeling way to gauge mm. how you feel and also how the things around you know if, even if it's not directly being aimed at you to really take um you know if you see something say something very seriously in right. these cases right. because oftentimes people who are victims of sexual harassment or some sort of harassment in the workplace are not very likely to say something or they'll go to an hr manager and and say the this is just between us type of thing okay. and once you Meaning that they're just, it's that this was just a thing between 
No, that, oh, let's say, Robert, you're the HR manager, and you yeah. know, Larry over here is, like, grabbing my butt when we go to the bathroom. Oh, but and don't, so, don't say anything to Larry, it, that, yeah. or don't so, tell him it was me. Yeah, and so now, like, I mean, Got it's it. always been this way, but especially okay. now, an HR manager or another employee, it is their duty to report something like this if you bring it up to them. But they don't have to reveal the person submitting the report. No, they don't. They do not absolutely that, not. That yeah. level of confidentiality um, should still be there. Of course. But at the right. same time, because of these new laws, it is now required for anybody and everybody who might have seen something happen to participate in any investigation that goes on. So it's actually implementing many more layers of protection and safeguards against retaliation and things of that nature uh-huh. because they're documenting everybody that was involved or could have been around right. when it happened. So. Right. You know, and mm. and there is a specific, also a specific list of what they call protected classes under the law. So there's 20 of them. Okay. Um, and soon it's race, color, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender um, performance. Also, okay. so I I think it's it's a it's a big step in the right direction, and it was really interesting. To, it sounds that sounds very uh, comprehensive. Yeah, to have it laid out like that, I thought yeah. it was something that I you know I really appreciated that. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. I um I I hope I haven't heard anything about this. I think we got a phone call about it, but um yeah I I haven't heard anything about it, and I feel like um I mean I I I basically work for Michael Scott for <laughs> the people who've seen The Office. And so um, I don't know how this would go down, but I feel like we would benefit from it greatly. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe I will say something to my boss, but I, I don't, I, we haven't, we haven't even mm-hmm. talked about it. And I'm assuming that if it's yeah. mandated uh, across the state that mm-hmm. we would have to do it at some point. Yeah. The other nice thing before we move on is that I don't, I forget how much it costs because it's like a fixed cost per company or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many people attend. So you could get together, like if you're, if you own a small business and there's like three of you mm-hmm. and like down the street is another one, you know, that has four people and then there's another one that has five. Mm-hmm. The three of the three companies could to get together in a shared uh, space. Okay. And the training costs the same. You can just split the cost. I see. And then you all get your, like, you know, your certification that you participated in. This, hmm. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about something that came up today and I'm trying to figure out the most like the the way to I'm trying to figure out a way to talk about it without giving any descriptors. Mm. Um so I got a text today from someone I guess you could call her a friend. I'm already giving away. I'm already giving away stuff. <laughs> um but basically I got a text today from a friend basically saying that they had to unfollow Daniel on Twitter because it was just like a, a buffet of dicks whenever they open Twitter. And correct me if I'm wrong, okay? And and actually correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Uh, but I get nervous opening Twitter in public just in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to do with specifically going to Daniel's Twitter, for example, um, because there are lots of – there's a lot of nudity on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, there was there was nudity on Twitter before, but I think Tumblr getting shut down moved all of the nudity to Twitter or, or, or increased the visibility of nudity on Twitter, mm-hmm. which we're all adults here. I don't have a problem. I mean, I shouldn't say I have a problem with it if when I'm looking for nudity, I go to Twitter, which is something I do. Right. And so it doesn't matter. What bothered me about it is here is this person who is 
I would say a peripheral friend at best, Mm -hmm. right? At this point. Um, And you're making uh, you're making an observation about the way that my husband uses Twitter. And also he didn't understand you didn't understand like you didn't know that this was happening because Twitter the way Twitter's algorithm works is if you like something, it will then show up Mm -hmm. in uh, in the time in like other people's timelines if they follow you. Mm hmm. Which is strange. Because I certainly don't tweet a buffet of dicks. Right. I mean. But you'll like a photo and who cares? It's just like, that's a thing that's like, who cares? We're all adults here. So um, I I don't know. It just really, it really bothered me that here is this person who is peripheral at best and who we don't see. I mean, when was the last time we saw this person? Like years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And they felt the need to send me a text message, not a DM, not a, a, you know, like not a Facebook message, not something that was more like passive, I guess, specifically a text message from your phone to mine. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what was the purpose of that? Yeah, I I mean, I am not that I'm like cuckoo crazy paranoid about what's in social media but and you shouldn't be and i shouldn't be but specifically after you know this training that we had today when you told me that i was like oh no what like what's on my twitter because i really just don't use it i literally use it to dm people like JetBlue and uber when i'm having an issue right um but yeah there's nudity and you click like because like whatever but i didn't know that it was showing up and so i was like well if if i'm if i'm liking things that are really graphic and not understanding and truly not understanding what the algorithm is i don't want that to appear in other people's timelines i really truly don't okay you know because i don't i don't want to be spreading images or content that are um making other people uncomfortable however if it is making something uncomf- somebody uncomfortable, like, I would appreciate it if somebody came to me. Like, right. honestly, right. like, I would really appreciate that instead of going to my husband as if he's going to police me. Like, that's right. the, the th- that's the little thing that, like, bothered me the, the most. The thing that bothers me about this whole scenario is I would have, I would have been fine with it and it would have been, like, a funny little moment to laugh if it were a friend that we saw regularly. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. It was a peripheral friend who we have not seen in years who will text sometimes completely out of the blue. And there it just to me, it felt like an attack. And I was already I was commuting home when the text message came in. And I am in like battle mode when I'm commuting home. I'm ready to fight anyone that gets in my way. So uh it just i i didn't receive it in the best way possible in fact i responded with the shoulder shrug emoji because i was just like okay great like congratulations on being an adult like you had to unfollow someone because you were offended by the content that they were filtering to your timeline based on what they were liking like do you want a do you want a cookie for being a, an adult? Like mm-hmm. that's just you setting boundaries. Why do you have to tell you can quietly unfollow someone because you don't like their content and just keep it moving. You don't have to share it with the mm-hmm. rest of the world. Yeah. But it's funny because I I hear stories like this from other people and I'm just and I just wonder what what was it about your relationship with that person that made you feel like you needed to share that with them. You know, Mm -hmm. like to me, it felt like 
it felt like this person was like, oh, just so you know, your husband is looking at pictures of dicks on Twitter. And it's like, guess what? So am I. Like, and if I find a dick I like, I send it to Robert. Right. Like, I'm well, like, actually, hey. That never happens. But anyway. Well, but I open up the Twitter and I'm the Twitter. Do you see how like. Yes, Twitter, grandma. The Twitter. And I'm like, Robert, have you seen this? And I'm like, hey, look at that. Like, I'm actually not even anywhere near being ashamed of what I like or look at on any social media. Right. But that that felt like a judgment. And I don't mind judgment, actually, from anybody. Really? But but I no, because the thing is, like, if you want to if you want to judge me, judge, but judge, judge me to me. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I like I understand what you mean. Like, make the judgment to me, because then it's it's it just feels it feels like, I'm not going to be made to feel icky about my sexuality or what I consume. <clears throat> but again, like I said a few minutes ago, I would appreciate to know if not understanding how an algorithm works honestly is resulting in things flooding other people's social media, then now I understand. But tell me. But we're also, I mean? the thing about it is like, you're not the first person. I mean, I, I, if you are the first person, then like, correct me for that, whatever. You, you will not have been the first person to filter nudity into that person's timeline mm -hmm. because Twitter allows nudity. Mm -hmm. So there will have been at least one other person in the group of people that she follows mm -hmm. that will have filtered nudity into her timeline. Yeah. To me, it was the fact that like, I don't know. It it like you're saying it felt like a judgment, but what bothered me about it is I mean, well, actually taking a step away from what bothered me about it and, you know, talking about what confused me about it is that as the podcast on Twitter, I and usually if the if the podcast is responding to one of your tweets, it's usually me. Um <laughs> as the podcast, we regularly follow and like I've never retweeted, but follow and like accounts that will regularly show nudity mm -hmm. and i'm i will never feel bad about it because why why would i ever feel bad about it i mean it? you know our our podcast does have an explicit content warning to begin with well so. right <laughs> like but again we're like, all adults if it's... if i open twitter <clears throat> and it is foreskin friday i'm gonna hit like Ooh. i'm gonna hit like and you're gonna get over it or you'll unfollow us and that's okay i like that it's a thing they do. You should open it up on Fridays. Wait, Foreskin Friday is Fork, a thing? Foreskin Fridays is a thing. And, you know, I work from home on Fridays, so, you know, you do the math. A buffet of foreskin. All sounds, that, sounds delicious. All that calamari. Um, let's take a break. <laughs> and um, <laughs> let's take a break. And when we come back, um, we, we got some, some, some stuff from the news that we want to talk about. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. We're back and we have plucked some news <laughs> stories, <laughs> um, some news stories that we want to talk about. Uh, some of them a little kooky um, and some of them just, you know, downright offensive. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the Oklahoma police releasing an infographic on the 15 most dangerous apps for children. 
and who is front and center but Grinder? So this we'll we'll have a link to the infographic um, that Madill Police Department in Oklahoma released. What I don't under okay. So the reason I was offended by this is because clearly you're targeting LGBT people by specifically including Grinder, right? And what I don't understand is there's so there's 15 apps on here. Not one of them is Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are the three most probably most used apps by anyone's child or any adult or you know mm-hmm. whoever. So if you're looking for a way, I I assume that this has something to do with uh, sex trafficking, uh, possibly, uh, you know, child abuse, uh, digital child abuse. Mm -hmm. If you're looking to uh, like if you're looking to get ahead of that in a way or trying to teach parents how to get ahead of that, you need to include apps like Facebook, Twitter and Mm -hmm. Instagram, because those are really easy ways to Mm -hmm. start. To start off, yeah. I mean, there are a couple in here, like this calculator app where you can hide photos. That's sneaky. That is sneaky. That's that's one of the ones that I'm like, okay, I see you. But then there's Bumble, right? What's Bumble doing here? Bumble is not similar to Tinder. I just heard about this when we found this article. I don't know. What oh, the really? Hell. When I heard Bumble, I literally thought of the hair salon. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Bumble is an app. It is a dating app. And what it does is it connects to your Facebook and then it suggests friends of your friends. And that way you can be like, hey, Liz, look at this. You know, Jeremy just matched with me on, t- on Bumble. I almost said Tinder. On Bumble. What do you know about Jeremy? Tell me about Jeremy. That's the whole point of Bumble. Oh, I have I heard think of it's this. Bumble. But also sure it, it requires women to make the first move. Right. So it's kind of like a Sally Hawkins, right? Isn't that the dance for Sadie the Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins? Yeah. Um, I don't. Know, I like in general. I I I think that the intention behind this is is quite good. I think that okay. you know a lot of times. I mean, I I don't know because I feel like I just called it the Twitter on our last segment and <laughs> didn't understand how the algorithm works, and I'm flooding people with all the dicks. Um, but. Like I, I, you know, like I said, I just found out what Bumble was when we were researching this article. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell TikTok is, or I've heard of Kick. I don't know what it is. Like, okay, so let's you know, go, let's so, go through. Oh, no, the but ones. hold on. But my my point is that I think that this is useful as a resource for parents to educate themselves. Okay, but so that they can have a conversation with their kids not not just here's a poster go through your kid's phone and like you know i don't know like a lot of people use snapchat and not just for you know porn or anything like that like i think it's it's yeah right (laughs) i i I think it's kind of you know like a meeting in the middle type of thing you know Mm -hmm. like they're not like grinder isn't inherently dangerous mm-hmm. you know it's it's not the app's fault it's the users and and right. that's what you need to educate your children you know it's like don't don't scare your children that they're going to walk outside and get hit by a car it's not going outside and the car right it's the person in the car it's the person on the other end using the app so you right. just need to make your kids more savvy because like kids are going to be kids and they're going to want to download and play with whatever they want right 
the thing about it is that the the spokesperson for the police department that released this infographic is suggesting to parents that they go through their kids' phones and tablets it, it, to do this. Yeah, that's so the it, problem. they're not trying to they're not trying to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. They're trying to start a witch hunt. And specifically, I, I, I can't get over the fact that Grinder is in the top middle. Mm-hmm. It is literally like prominently featured mm-hmm. in this infographic. And so basically what they're saying is go through your kids' phones to find out if they're gay. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I, that's, that's the message dangerous. I get from here because things like TikTok is the new Vine basically. Oh, is that so what, it is? what what are we really what are we really concerned about with that? WhatsApp and Kick are somewhat similar. They're kind of Snapchat also kind of fits in that same category in a way. Uh, but I I know WhatsApp as the way that I communicate with my family that lives uh, outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. Some of these other you know, some of these other things are, you know, I know Scout is a, is definitely similar to Grindr, um, but I, I just don't understand. The, th- the thing about it is that it is in children's nature to withhold things from their parents mm-hmm. because they're going to uh, they're, they're going to keep secrets. It's just a thing. It's a thing that kids do. And so I, I just I don't see the benefit in being like, oh, go look through your kids phones to see if Grindr is on there. Mm-hmm. You're you're selling me a very specific thing, yeah, and that specific thing is homophobia, and it's fear based, and it's absolutely it's um like for example, I just noticed that um with Kick it says allows anyone to contact and direct message to your child, so it's one of the only ones that that in in this fifteen where they've chosen to basically give like turn the app into a fit like a person, you know, where like right. the app is like Kick is endangering your child like again the apps are not inherently endangering children it's the way that they're used and that is that's not discussed in the article nor in the press release that uh came along with this infographic It, it was like you said it wasn't about educating your kids on how to properly use social because ne- these are all social networking apps to a certain degree right. you know that's that's where you really need to start it's not policing the apps it's educating your children right and and putting certain you know safeguards that are cultivated through openness and honesty and you know just frank conversations right. i think you, i mean you, you should know? be you should be monitoring your children's behavior and in in this you know in the mm-hmm. the technologically savvy era that we're living in you should understand that your kids are going to get into some shit that they probably shouldn't see yeah you know my um my when my sister's kids first started using the internet i remember one of them decided they wanted to google poop right (laughs) innocent enough first couple of results were you know just like um you know little cartoon images of poop and then slowly we started to shift toward pornography that included feces. And I was like, okay, thank you. That was, mm-hmm. That's enough. Shut the laptop. Walk away. Like, we'll, we'll come mean, back to this at another who point. Thought? Right. But the thing about it is that could have easily been remedied with a conversation. It doesn't need, it doesn't require all of this. And as far as I know, there are, there's more than one version of Grindr. Like you have Grindr, you have Scruff. Uh, There's, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of uh, dating apps that are aimed toward the LGBT community. Why did they single out this one Mm -hmm. 
And if you look at all of the other dating apps that are included in this infographic, none of them are specific toward uh, toward the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just don't appreciate this. I will say just to be a little, I don't know, glib or whatever, but um, thinking back on our conversation from last week about Grindr and how it... um, the the person we were talking about wants it to only be for a uh, cis gay men. Yeah. At least the Medill Police Department is hip to the fact that everybody's included and it's geared toward gay, bi, and transgender people. Hmm. Sorry, you know, I, you know, they're like, yeah, everybody uses this app. Just saying. It's probably a trivial, you know, tangent, but. I mean, this description is not a bad one. It's not a slanted no, description it's, it, at it's all. No, it's funny because it is, it's quite a, uh, the, their description in the infographic for grinders is in, uh, specifically doesn't. There's no, um, like you said, there, there, there's it, no. There isn't a negative slant. Yeah, to it's it. just this is what it is. This is what it does. That's it. Yeah. You know. So I mean, at least there's that. But um, I just don't see this infographic as being helpful. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't seem comprehensive, like you said. Not at all. You know, I th- I think that this an, an info like I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, it needs to be a really big infographic to include everything. I would rather if, just have an, a giant poster that says, talk to your kids. Right. That's more, that's more useful, mm-hmm. I'd say. Because a lot of parents don't yeah. do that. My parents didn't do that. No. I mean, like, you know, install an app that, like, turns your kid's phone off after an hour. There are, t- mm. there, there are actually apps that you can install on your kid's phones that will disconnect them from the internet after a certain amount of hours have been used up in a day. Again, a thing that you could remedy with a simple conversation. And if that if you need to move to drastic measures, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to sit here and I'm tell people how to know, parent their children. If you want children. your kid to be more present, I'm saying it's, you know, instead of getting sucked into the in general, into the oh, internet. Oh, totally. But that's not know. what this infographic is no, about No, exactly. This is fear mongering mm-hmm. right here. Yeah. Um, do we do you want to talk about uh, so our dear friend in Berlin? The last thing <laughs> I thought was really valid about uh, talking about, and as you could tell you know there are there is some validity in having these conversations do you know what's not valid what is getting your dick injected with a cock enhancing or sorry um uh erection enhancing liquid or something after you've already popped a viagra before going out because like that could land you into in some hot water but what's the worst that that could happen terrible way to introduce that i apologize yeah that was terrible blah 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 Basically, a man in Berlin has been in a hospital for two weeks with a full-on erection. So this is not, you know, the four-hour, you know, priapism that, you know, people warn warn you if you take too much Viagra. Or more and, than four hours. Or more than four. Exactly. That's more than what four the, hours. That's what yeah. the commercial says. <clears throat> um, and I also love the, I like, I really like the term priapism. It's like an ancient ancient word yes um that just means erection um so this man took a viagra before he went out clubbing met a nurse while he was out at the club and when they got back to the nurse's place the nurse injected him with an erection enhancing substance of some sort Mm -hmm. and he has basically not been able to get rid of his boner for two weeks and is now laid up in the hospital right now again if you've taken Viagra, which is already supposed to do its job, and from the looks of it, this guy is young and healthy and virile, right? Because according to me, he had a very active sex life. Yeah. Why would you let a complete stranger, nurse, doctor, any, right, whatever their qualifications are, mm-hmm. inject you with some substance that you, you know, like, how do you know it's not Windex? 
Right. Or or whatever, or jelly. I don't know. Like, no. And if you value your penis so much, again, don't let somebody inject it with some shit that you are not, you know, uh, familiar with. Well, what I've never understood, and maybe one of the listeners can reach out and, and clear this up for me. I've never understood why people who do not have erectile dysfunction will take Viagra. I feel... I. From what I understand, it's like, you know, it's so you don't get whiskey dick. If you, okay. So, so whiskey dick, I feel, is a sign from the universe that this was not meant to happen today. Well, yes, but the thing That's is, just me. I, I feel like, you know, you want to go out and drink and party or whatever, but you also want to hook up. And I feel like taking Viagra is a little bit of insurance. Well, but maybe drink less. Yes. But- Listen, when I was single and I went out and was trying to catch a dick... I wasn't going around doing a million shots or whatever. I was like, hello, sir. How are you? Do you live on your own? Fantastic. You want to make sure it works. You know what I mean? Like, well, no, I want to make sure that I'm not in a, I'm not in an impaired state where I can't enjoy it Mm -hmm. and that the other guy, the guy is not also in an impaired state to where it can't happen. See, but you were a very um, discriminating consumer. Okay. In that you, <laughs> what does that you mean? wanted, you wanted to hook up with a dick that worked. Of course. Right? But there are a lot of people like this guy who wants to go out and party and he wants to have his whiskey and have his boner too. So you take a Viagra. Everything in moderation. Uh, I know that. But babe, people, you know, you have to understand. Boners in moderation, whiskey so, anyway, in moderation. So everything in moderation. So he's been in the hospital for two weeks and. He or his friends have started a GoFundMe to cover hospital expenses due to his act of stupidity. Oh my God. I have a problem with that. Same. Because, like, you know, growing up Hispanic, if you did something stupid and your grandmother or my grandmother was like, don't do that. Just don't, don't get on that chair. Don't do this. If you fall, I'm going to hit you on top of your bruise. Mm-hmm. Like. The bruise is supposed to be a reminder. Exactly. Like. You like you you don't get to be helped because you did something stupid. Right. I mean, maybe it's unfeeling. And I read a lot of the comments that went along with this uh, article and kind of across the board. People were like, what? Like, why? 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 You know, like I I just the thing about it irritate me. Okay, I've given it some thought. And a lot of I think a, a lot of the um, the compassionate language they're trying to use on the GoFundMe page is like, oh, he has less than a 50 percent chance of ever, uh, ever having another erection. But he already has a prescription to Viagra. So, you know, I guess it'll be fine. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> nothing like apparently nothing has worked. So they right, have. Right. Um, no, but they're talking about once, once, uh, once his penis becomes flaccid again, mm-hmm. that the doctors are saying that he has less than a 50% chance of ever achieving an erection again because of the damage that it's well, done. But Viagra, so for example, like Viagra works because it increases blood flow, basically it makes it possible for the blood to, to flow more freely to your penis to make it erect. Right? Okay. But if thou if those if those vessels yes. are damaged or perforated or whatever the hell is going on to his dick, then it's not whiskey gonna, dick for life. Yeah. So because since he's been in the hospital, they've had to 
drive numerous needles through the side of his penis to try and drain it. That hasn't worked. Um, They tried to push a plastic nail down his urethra without anesthetic to... What? To kind of like, you know, create the pain response that'll make whatever... You, you know what that no I, I don't know what no like i don't know what kind of preschool doctor did he go to i don't know listen okay they even resorted to emergency surgery and removed a vein from his leg that you know i guess is connected somehow wait a minute i'm still on the nail thing so if i put a nail in my urethra i will lose my erection i mean That's i'm gonna i'm gonna take a, a wild guess but if I just grab the nail and bring it closer to my urethra, I feel like that will take care of it all on its own. I mean, you know, if you're not into sounding, because that's what this sounds like. <laughs> wow. Um, no, I mean, it, listen, it's really terrible. And like, yeah, he made a mistake, but you already started out with insurance that you were going to have a really big boner, right? Right. I I just, I don't know. I Just something about this, it's like, I mean, you know. I can't help but feel like this is karma. Who mm-hmm. takes a Viagra before leaving the house? That is incredibly presumptuous. See, but that's the, and that's the thing about this article that's a little misleading is that we need to take Viagra out of the equation here because Viagra is not what caused the problem. Right. It was the fact that he then allowed this nurse stranger the stranger forget about it being a nurse yeah stranger yeah this is not like a nurse that he knew right so it just happens that this this wasn't a nurse at the hospital this male nurse had some shit at home that he had access to that was gonna you know be a a, a, an erection enhancer and like you were already taking an erection enhancer also where's the um uh where's the news story about the nurse being stripped of their powers or whatever you call it i don't know but i think that it's um I don't know. I just, again, I think of my grandmother, like I said, <laughs> who is like, if you do that and you know you're going to hurt yourself, I'm going to hit you on top of that. Yeah. So that you're reminded. And it's like, you knew. Like, you knew. You knew this was not a good idea. Yeah. But you let somebody inject your penis with, I don't know what, you know, it sounds like rubber cement. Right. 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 So, and then you have a GoFundMe. Well, his friend started it. And the video that goes with it is, it's like a, it's just bad. It's pretty bad. It's so, it's like all these pans in and out. Like, well, they've raised, what was it? 600 euros at this point? At the time of recording, they've raised about about 600 Mm -hmm. euros. So, you know. Lesson, don't let people shoot up your dick with anything. 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 If you value it, don't do that. I can't think of uh, any situation where I would let a complete stranger who I met at a club put any sort of needle anywhere near my dick, Mm -hmm. near any of my body. Mm -hmm. If you have a needle, like, game over. I'm no longer interested. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, Well... Let's take a break, and then um, when we come back, we're gonna um, we're gonna laugh at someone, and then uh, we're gonna talk about uh, some fun stuff from the keto corner and something that we're very excited about. So mm. stick around; we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. 
Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and we're still talking about straight pride. And before we get into this article, I just want to say it is fully August right now. Pride was in June. And I felt sort of like the whole this whole straight pride thing was coming out of a um, like a like a FOMO thing for straight men, right? It's like it already happened. Move on. Straight men want to put on booty shorts too. Go go uh, <laughs> go tap under a stall at the at the oh my god at the fucking airport or uh, go visit your local adult bookstore and put your dick through one of those mail slots like wh- why anyway isn't like everyday straight pride day right I mean not not you know that's what I thought I I just like. See, and this is why this is why it was so important that we went to the 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 queer liberation march because yep. I think that this is the this is the problem with with gay pride, and I'll just say it mm-hmm. is that we've gotten so far away from what it is actually like. It's a fight. It's it's because people were and still are being marginalized, beaten, jailed without cause, murdered. discriminated, murdered, like. This is you, you, you have pride because people have fought for our rights and we need to continue fighting for them. Right. right? So I feel like this stupid straight pride nonsense is being fed by the fact that, you know, all these straight people are like, oh, yeah, they're just getting up on floats and like dancing in booty shorts. And it's like, so I feel like I I disagree with you on that's just my own. You know, I don't I don't think this has anything to do with I think this is more, you know, like we talked about on the last episode, it's it's more uh, people trying to maintain wholesomeness and family values and all this other shit. And it's like you can do all of that and let us have our floats and Mm -hmm. whatever. Like it's also I think also ridiculing gay pride to a certain extent and 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 trivializing it. I mean, and, and listen, I'm not knocking the booty shorts and the floats and all that, but I do enjoy that there is some sort of return to substance in in, you know especially with the march that we participated in in june there were also booty shorts at the march there were there were knock the booty i'm i just said i'm not knocking the booty shorts the commercialization there we go right that's the right but it didn't gonna use my words because that's why i have them anyway let's talk about this uh, this article so straight pride is it you know they're still trying to make straight pride happen um oh it's it's happening has it actually because i haven't like read like i think they're supposed to there are a couple of them and there's i think they're scheduled for the end of either this month or the beginning of next month so they're all happening at the same time they're They're not staggered they're happening around each other oh lord um, There's going to be five people there, so it doesn't matter. I, I know. So a woman named Melinda Mason, who is a uh, straight pride organizer, um, is blaming her gay son for their for their poor relationship, and but is also homophobic. So she's a straight pride organizer who has a gay son who's an activist who is calling her out for 
you know, being a bad person, being a bad person. <laughs> and she's saying the reason I'm a bad person is because I have a bad relationship with you because you're gay. Right. And she goes into this whole thing about how oh, I, when I go to heaven, I want my son mm-hmm. to be there with me. And it's like, OK, you're putting a lot of money on this whole heaven business. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and basically, she said that her son is the one who destroyed their relationship because she has no role in it. Because mm. homosexuals generally pull away from their family and friends at some point. Well, yeah, if you're if if your mother's Melinda Mason, you pretty much are going to pull away, right? I think. Or if you know, in the case of many people in our community whose families reject them, disown them, abuse them, kick them out. I mean, that's just the iceberg. Okay, uh, uh, the tip I of the feel iceberg. Like, I feel like children when they become adults tend to pull away like more often than not tend to pull away from their family and i know that this is not the best example but look at angelina jolie and her father yeah she's straight well no, she's bi she's bi you're right she's definitely bi that's why i was like she's not the best example but i'm just saying full-grown adult mm-hmm. has nothing to do with her sexual orient or at, at least as far as i understand it has nothing to do with her sexual orientation and she also pulled away so maybe melinda is not aware of mm-hmm. angelina jolie also there's this thing like Oh, God. It's just, I love reading these quotes when they're so bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it anyway. Please. So she says, All I can say about my son is that I have read a lot of the word hate out there, and I do not hate my son. I do not like my son. I do not love my son. I adore my son. Like, the I do not like and I do not love, like, that you should have skipped to the I do adore him. Um, what a great I, Big Lots commercial. Right? And I, and I want my, I do not like my son. I do not love my son. I adore my son. Um, oh, Dr. Susian. She wants him to be in heavenly, <laughs> in heaven ultimately with her one day. Right. She defended straight pride saying, I think the word pride has been stolen, <gasps> if you will, or hijacked by the evil one. And I want to say that we're taking pride in our God Almighty and our creator and in his order. And and then they go on to say that, you know, um, when he came out, when her son came out to her at the age of 19, the estrangement happened almost immediately because she started taking him to anti-LGBTQ protests um, to cure him of his homosexuality. And that's what made him, um, you know, be like want to take take more of a role as an activist as he grew up. And especially because he believes that you know, as most people do, that straight pride is also has its roots in white supreme in white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So it's multi layered, you know? Um it sure is. Exactly. So um he was also homeschooled by her and said that um he was taught that the white men that built the world the, the white men that white men built the world right that the genocide of native americans never happened that it was a lie oh oh. um and so on and so forth yes so if that's not white supremacy i don't know what it is oh my god and we have confirmation that it is in fact white supremacy um oh my god who's this guy that got laughed at at a meeting so (laughs) i love this (laughs) you know what wait a minute so this whole time I've been laughing when I read this because I believe this this man's name is Don Grundleman. Whoopsies. But it's Don Grundman, who's an organizer of a straight pride event it planned in Modesto, California. Yes. And so he was at a council meeting um, defending it. And at some point in his his uh, like diatribe that he was giving, he said, we're a totally peaceful racist group. And... Everybody in the room just erupted, erupted, and a councilwoman 
just just lost her shit. Just, we're we're gonna put a link. To the, we're gonna put a link to the video. It in was the show amazing notes because you deserve. Yeah, you deserve to see mm-hmm. the look on this woman's face when he says that they're a, ra- a peaceful uh, racist group. A peaceful racist group, and then he just you sure are like uh, he just he looks so the, he just looks so flustered, and everybody around him is like, uh huh, racist, racist, and he's like, but I founded a group, you know, a hundred whites against racism. That's like not a good. Name and it's for on a Facebook. group either, right? So that, and he goes, you know, if you want to talk about something that killed three million people, go after Planned Parenthood. And I'm like, what? Yeah, because I think somebody called him a Nazi as well, and he was like, you want to talk about something that killed three million Americans? Go after Planned Parenthood. And it's like, wait, what? Whoa! Does he know what Planned Parenthood does? I'm I'm sure that he's just equating Planned Parenthood with abortion, which is what a lot of people do, and that's not what Planned Parenthood does. But those obviously, are, those aren't people; those are fetuses. To him, they're people, and apparently, okay, these three million fetuses, like or whatever, he's equating with the genocide of of quite a number of Jesus Christ, a genocide that was born out of, out of anti-Semitism. I kind of think that that outweighs the the that evils. Of 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 Planned Parenthood. I mean, like it also proves the whole white supremacy of thing. Because mm-hmm. you're making a connection. Well, first of all, you're you're hearing someone call you a Nazi and responding by saying by basically saying that you're um, a Holocaust denier. There we go. Mm-hmm. I knew it would come eventually. Again, you can't clearly hear the word Nazi, but from his response, like. He's a Nazi. Any, I, I honestly feel like anytime somebody uses something like, I don't know, Planned Parenthood or whatever the heck you want to call it, right? And says the, you know, the death of three million people, you pretty much know that they're defending themselves against being equated with the Nazi party or genocide in some way. So I think it's safe to say that maybe they are a totally peaceful racist group. I mean, we'll find out once uh, these straight pride events take place. Amazing, though. I doubt it. I doubt you're peaceful, and I definitely know you're racist. There you go. <laughs> um, let's move into the Keto Corner. What do we have this week? Oh, I'm so excited for this. Are you? I am. Um, so in this week's Keto Corner, we have Pinch and Nancy's Keto Tortillas, mm-hmm. which are delicious. We literally just made them, mm-hmm. and they... Uh, they do have a, they're reminiscent of corn, but to me, they taste like corn flakes, maybe because we cooked them for a little too long. They're delicious. Yeah. They're really good. They're crunchy. They, um, I wouldn't roll them out too thin. I think we rolled them out too thin and I rolled them out even thinner. Yeah. But they, they do the job and they, they cook like a tortilla. They taste like a tortilla. I am excited to eat them like a tortilla. (laughs) I could make you fried fish tacos. Yum. Because I made that delicious fried fish like two weeks ago, remember? I love it. I I have actually figured out how to make fried pork chops keto, which I'm very excited about. Oh, yeah. Because of this. Well, not this recipe, but just certain things to do with almond flour. Anyway. Yeah. But but these keto tortillas are a game changer, I believe. They sure are. So. I'm excited. We're going to have some when we're done Mm -hmm. recording. They're amazing. And we'll, uh, of course, provide the the link to the recipe. Yeah. So. Um, Are you excited about something? Always. Do you want to be? Yeah. So let's let's do I'm So Excited. Yes. I'm so excited. 
What are we excited about? Euphoria on the, HBO. The Scent for Men. <laughs> I think there actually is. Don't they actually have a... a isn't Calvin Klein The actually? exciting new scent by Calvin Klein. Euphoria. No, not that Euphoria. Mm. Oh, sorry. So Euphoria is a new HBO, new or newish? I don't know. We just started watching, but I have heard of it. It's not. It's not that it, new. I mean, the entire season has already aired. Oh, so, so I'm just we're late. late. We're late. Okay. Um. So Euphoria is an amazing series star- starring Zendaya. Zendaya. Let's say Zendaya. Let's Zendaya. let people correct Zendaya. us. Um. And <laughs> it. I just I enjoy how it's looking at these. You know, essentially it it, it it's it's tackling you know teenage addiction. I mean that's the and and a number of other things. So it kind of it runs the gamut, but. It's doing it in this really interesting way where every time she's high, things get really surreal and kooky. Yeah. And I think that it leads to a level of disorientation for the viewer that... Um, it almost puts you in her shoes yeah, ex- in a way. Exactly. Which is and interesting. I, I really enjoy that to a certain extent because mm-hmm. it's different for every type of drug that she takes too. So... Right again it's it's just it's it's a very interesting show in that respect because you're like you said kind of put in her shoes right but also it's kind of a break from the seriousness if that makes any sense sort of you know kind of i don't really feel like you ever get i i feel like you're led to believe like you're getting a break from the seriousness and then they introduce things sort of quickly mm-hmm. and um i don't know i just i i feel heavy after each episode yeah. that we've watched we've only seen we're up to what the fifth episode possibly I think so um what i particularly particularly enjoy about the show is that the beginning of each episode before the credits roll or the title comes up whatever is that zendaya essentially profiles one of the main characters and so you get their backstory and how they ended up where they are and i think that that's i've i've seen a few shows that do that and i I always really appreciate that because it, um, I don't know, it just like educates you as the viewer. And so you, you, you can digest each person's story in segments. It's, it's reminiscent of, uh, skins because skins is like that where each episode, well, they would introduce one character and the way that they do it is during the title sequence. The title sequence ends focusing on a particular character and that's how you know who the episode is about, basically. And then it's almost like a day in the life of that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never they never really disregard any of mm-hmm. the other plot points. They find a way to weave them in without taking the focus off that person. Mm-hmm. And Euphoria doesn't do that exactly. They will introduce something about each character at the beginning of the episode and then find a way of just weaving in the rest of the story and make sure that they continue focusing on that character in a way mm-hmm. but the entire episode is not dedicated to that one character yeah. i i just think it's it's so well written and smart and the acting across the board is pretty amazing i mean yeah like yeah. the actress who plays jewels um who's who's one of the lead uh characters who's, who's the trans character on the show her story is just really kind of astounding i think and and the the plot twists are very interesting with her Mm um i'm also particularly captivated by the character of cat yes me too you know who who you know basically kind of empowers herself the actor Um, who plays cat is from my home planet of new jersey i'm very excited about that (laughs) um 
She's great. She's amazing. And yeah. I really I like I, I'm, I'm in love with her character. I really like this show. And I would love for us to uh, to revisit a conver- this conversation after watching the entire mm-hmm. thing and maybe even uh, like do a like a spoiler filled mm-hmm. um, unpacking, I guess, yeah. of the show. I think that would be I fun. think that would be really fun. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's very kooky. I enjoy how it's, it's very weird in the, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate how avant-garde just about every element of it Absolutely, is. Yeah. I also feel like the show is important in a way because I think most parents don't think that whatever trials and tribulations their children are going through as teenagers are that serious, that, mm-hmm. uh, heavy or whatever. And this this shows you that, like we were talking about earlier with the the infographic, that there are a lot of kids out there that are, that are struggling with different things and they won't talk to their parents about it because they feel like they'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so there are these secret lives that kids live and they sometimes look a lot like the characters from this show. Yeah. So... There were there were a lot of parents that were um, that were outraged by the show and oh I didn't know that yeah when the when the show first started airing there were a lot of parents that were completely outraged by the show uh, from a perspective of you know this is this is uh, glamorizing drug use and sexual activity among teenagers and all this stuff and it's like you can't glamorize something that. It exists. You can't really glamorize it because yeah. these kids are young and their hormones are racing and they're curious. So this type of stuff is going to happen. Again, you need to talk to your children mm-hmm. to make sure that they have the information they need so that they can navigate that in a better way. And it's it's interesting to me that you mentioned that because one of the things that I look in, in you know, like Robert said, we've only seen about half the series at this point. But I feel like the stories are very relatable, even like they're relatable to me. And I haven't been through a per- like 1% of what these kids are going through on the show. But I think that it's actually it can actually be a very useful tool for parents, you know, to right. to maybe broach these subjects with their kids or if your kid's old enough and you feel comfortable watching it with them, you know, because I think that there are. There are there are very useful things in here, you know. Specifically, I I, I think about um, the you know the character of Nate and his dad, and mm-hmm. and that how his dad fucked him up from a really young age, you know, and 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 just set him on this path that just you know of hiding himself basically. Right. Anyway, so things like that I think are are important to learn from so i don't think glamorize it is it at all because all the kids are struggling very visibly right i i think that the parents that were outraged were conservative parents who didn't want who don't want more content out there that they think is going to um like pervert their Mm -hmm. children i don't know what the right word is for it but i think that it would be a good idea for a parent to watch the show with their kids and and show them that there there are you know there there are issues out there like uh, prescription drug use uh, mm-hmm. you know the sexual activity is something that's going to come up mm-hmm. um, you know there the depression and and um, questioning of gender identity all all of these mm-hmm. all of these things that are that are topics from this show are things that most kids are going to come in contact with. Yeah. And so they should understand, like I said earlier, they should understand how to navigate it better. Yeah. And maybe it will lead to them 
you know, if it's explained properly, not hiding it so much and having to bear that burden. Right. Either. Yeah. You know, conversation is a is a big uh, it's a, a big way of extinguishing a lot of these fears and uh, and confusion that uh, most teenagers have. And I think that it's important for them to talk about all of that stuff mm-hmm. and and sort of, you know, get a better understanding of what they're in for, because it seems foreign. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about my own teenage experience. And while I don't think I went through nearly as much as like these kids are going through in the show, um, there was some similar stuff. I mean, I I definitely was hiding who I was from my family. And Mm -hmm. um, and I'm I maybe part, you know, I maybe partook in some activities that weren't the healthiest. So I think that having a conversation about something like sexual orientation and maybe tying it into a a conversation about sexual education Mm -hmm. would have been beneficial to someone like me. Yeah. I mean, I think as an adult, I think a conversation about sexual education would be beneficial to me. So um, it's very, it's just very important. And it's, you know, I think specifically in this country, it's just all this stuff just needs to kind of be out in the open for once. You know, it's like, yeah, we operate as a country and as a culture too much, you know, based on shame and ooh, your body. And it's like, yeah, but it's your body. Like you've got it. Right. And you're going to use it however you see fit. And, you know, if you, if you don't like these depictions that are on the television, then, you know, you need to educate your children on how to be safe instead of, you know, saying like, you know, don't, don't do it. Yeah. As I was, th- that was my sex talk. Right. Don't do it. And I was like, dad, really? Right. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. We, we got this. M- my sex talk was stay away from girls and a lot of help that did. But anyway. Well, you were staying away from girls anyway. So <laughs> no, that's my, that's my point. <laughs> Um, there's actually, this conversation is reminding me, there's a, an excellent episode of Miss, Miss Vixen, the podcast, um, hosted by Queen of Tea with Queen and Jay, where they talk about sexual education and, uh, and specifically understanding the function of, um, the function of certain body parts and essentially how sex works and and how um and how uh te- children teenagers learn about how uh sexual intercourse takes place mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of these parents that don't talk to their kids end up you know having the- these children end up ignorant of even like of how it even takes place like how does how things fit exactly oh yeah um so i believe that was the fourth episode of the miss vix in the podcast we will include a link in the show notes to the episode but i as a almost 35 year old adult found a lot of the information in it very very useful to me so uh i just i want to recommend that to everyone and 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 uh you know, if you have a teenager in your life or uh, if you're a parent, I think it would be very helpful to to listen to the conversation that uh, that Queen had on there. Um, and I mean, Miss Vix in the podcast overall is an um, it's an amazing podcast. Mm-hmm. There was an episode uh, that was released this week about doulas and um, and what it is that doulas do. I feel like I'm saying do too much. Uh, but what does your doula do? Um <laughs> It was just, it was fascinating. And, um, and again, something that I feel like a lot of people don't really think about. So listen to Miss Vixen, mm-hmm. you know, give, um, give Queen some love, give her some money. Yeah. You know, it's a great show. Very, uh, very educational. So, yeah. 
Um, I believe that brings us to the end of our episode. Yeah. Yes. Wait, another one down. Um, well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, the three apps that were not included in that infographic. <laughs> um, be sure to follow us there. You might see a dick or two on Twitter, just uh, FYI. Yeah, watch out. Um, you, can <laughs> uh, you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe <gasps> on iTunes and Spotify. So, so until next time. Bye. Bye.